everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. And welcome to the fourth ever ZBooks podcast. Last week, I had Dave Chesson, a master of SEO and nonfiction. Today, we have an absolute master of book marketing and book launching. His name is Tyler Wagner, and to date, he has helped over 150 people hit the number one bestseller status. So enough of me talking. Let's say hi to Tyler. Hi, Tyler. How you doing? Awesome, man. I'm uh, really excited to be on the podcast and you know answer all the questions that we have here. So thanks for having me on, man. Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, these are some burning questions. The, the My readers and probably everybody out there is just really into how do you launch a book? How do you be successful? And, um, you know, I've been really um, researching you on the net, and uh, it looks like you're going to be the next Tony Robbins. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's actually um, one of my biggest idols. Uh, motivational speaking is uh, something that I love, and that's actually why I wrote my first book. Um, in the first place was to actually use it as a kickboard for my speaking platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, good, good call on that. You've definitely done your research. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, conference crushing number one bestseller. And, uh, so yeah, that was your, your kickoff or tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, basically the reason that that was my first book that hit number one, um, and it actually sold over 3,700 copies within the first two and a half days of it launching. Um, wow. so it was pretty, um, yeah, it was pretty big. And that's when I realized that for me with my first launch, what, what I, how I kind of, I would say it's almost lucky in a sense, but not, not really. Right. But what I had was a really good network and, um, they really helped support me in my first launch. Then I did two more afterward and they hit number one as well. And then I was like, okay, there's definitely a formula, um, to this that I can help people, um, sell more books, hit number one, whatever their goals may be with their, uh, books and book launches, I can definitely provide a service that can help them. So that's when I created Authors Unite. And um, yeah, and basically for some people, like back to your question, like for me, the first reason why I wrote the book is because I was friends with a lot of uh, public speakers, professional speakers that were making really good money um, public speaking. And for me, that's always been a natural thing, like getting up on stage motivating people and speaking on topics. I don't really get nervous when it comes to those type of things. So I was like, uh, I asked these people like, what's the first step to becoming a, um, you know, pretty well paid public speaker. And they said, the first thing that you should do is write a book and then Mm -hmm. use that as like a glorified business card. And that'll help you get speaking gigs. So that, that was my number one reason for writing it. So that's interesting because, um, a lot of people start out writing books to get in, to the public speaking and and your main deal was uh public speaking and you used the book to augment that yes exactly yep interesting so um 
The super simple six-step system discovered by college dropouts that shows you exactly how to go from no book idea to bestseller on Amazon in less than three months. Is that still valid? Um, so it's actually seven steps uh, now. And um, the, yeah, that was from Best Selling Book System before, which was a company that I used to own with. It was actually with two other guys, and we decided to part ways. Yep. Um, so now I do Authors United. Now it's actually seven steps. And the only step that I decided to add, because I felt like it was really missing from a lot of other programs, and I was noticing that all of the clients that we had helped, you know, they would do really good on their launch. Mm. Um, and then some of their books, what would end up happening is they would kind of drop off the charts. And I was like, you know what? There's one thing that this program's missing. It's missing how to maintain book sales, like how to really grow yourself as an author for the long term and yeah. not just focus on, uh, you know, a week long launch. Right. So I added a seventh step, which is really it's it's called really like next steps for authors. So after the launch, after you hit number one, hmm. make a ton of sales in the first couple months or so. You know, what do you do next to make sure that you can maintain this success? So I've added a step to it. Well, um, let's get on to that because, OK, we're going out of sequence right now, but. That dovetails just right with last week uh, because um, Dave Chesson, the SEO master from Kindlepreneur, that is one of, was one of the techniques of SEOs was, was to maintain your sales. So, so can you tell us about that seventh step without revealing or yeah, reveal us some juicy secrets? Yeah, for sure. So I think <laughs> what what happens is a lot of people, especially when we talk about. Um, bestseller and things of that nature. A lot of people think like once you hit bestseller status, then you don't really need to do anything anymore, right? Then you can <laughs> just go to Hawaii or whatever exactly. and kick your feet up and you don't have to do anything after that. But uh, truth be told is um, because they're, the gatekeepers are gone, right? Anybody can become an author now with self-publishing, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a beautiful thing for all of us, but it also does create more competition, um, and because of that, if you launch your book and hit number one, um, your book's going to stay up there for, you know, maybe a couple months or so. But then after that, if you stop promoting, if you stop marketing, um, it's going to fall. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, and that's 99.9% .9 of the time. Now, unless you're somebody like Seth Godin or some of these other people that already have huge tribes or followings that, you know, they can do a launch now. Uh, and then it kind of just takes care of itself forever after that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, for most people, at, at, you know, with self-publishing, they're not at that point quite yet. Um, so there has to be it's an everyday thing. Like becoming a successful self-published author isn't just about um, one time launch and then you're set for life. It's really about an everyday. It's it's almost it's a job, but I think a very fulfilling yeah. job and very entrepreneurial. Um, and you can work from anywhere, which is something I love about it. But you got to make yeah. sure that it's an everyday habit and you're doing things every day to mm -hmm. get better at your writing, get better at marketing mm -hmm. um, and make sure that you don't stop when things are just getting heated up, basically. Mm -hmm. OK, so you're it's a process. It's not one killer technique or something in the seventh step. No, no, I'd say no. And now there is like techniques for everything, right? Like one way to um, keep sales going um, and, and, you know, you'd have to still go in there and check this like weekly or monthly or you can hire somebody to do it, but like paid advertising. Right. Mm -hmm, right. So you can go in there and you have a book, um, you know, let's say one of my clients right now, we're launching a book for yoga. So um, it's called Yoga Business Essentials. He's launching it on December 1st. 
So I'm going to help him with his Facebook ads. And what we're going to do is I'm going to test like 25 different ads um, that wow. will be sent to his book. And we'll see which ones are performing the best. And then I'll narrow it down to like five. And then we'll see which ones are performing the best. And then we'll narrow it down to three and then one um, or whatever. And then okay. once we get down to the to the one that is converting the best, you can pretty much uh, guarantee. So it'll go like this. If I put in five to ten dollars into this Facebook ad, I'm going to get uh, five to ten book sales from it. Um, and, and you know that from testing all these different variations. And then you find – um, which ones are working the best. And then you can just keep putting in about $5 a day into these ads. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you know that you're selling more books and you can, and that's one um, traffic area that you can keep going and that will help you maintain sales. But it does take some time up front to set it up and to also yeah. test. And, and that's a big thing with Facebook ads is a lot of people hear about um, people's successes and then they try it out. They don't hit success right away and then yeah. they give up. Well, and yeah. or, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's right up my alley because, you know, I just made a Facebook ads course, crash course. Yeah. So what is the first thing you test with all of those ads? The headlines? Sorry. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you test a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, but what I, I – I'm pretty – it depends, right? So I offer coaching packages, right? So if it's for somebody that isn't using me to write their copy, like if I'm not writing their copy – then I suggest that they test a lot of headlines, and then you also got to test different uh, audiences in Facebook, right? You have interests. You have you can narrow it down to the smallest detail, right? Like, um, right. and you obviously yeah. know this. So, but when I do it, because um, I'm pretty, I'll test different headlines and different copy, but I'm pretty comfortable with my copywriting. So, what I more test in there is the audiences, like which audience or which interest. Is going is engaging most with the ads, and then once I know that uh, with audience insights, mm -hmm. um, then I'll create another ad with the same copy, and I'll target deep down. So for for this yoga one, right? Like we'll target right. interests, yoga, meditation, and and obviously I got to do like the market research to come up with other interests, but we'll right. target each of those, see which interests are working the best, and then I'll go into audience insights and it'll say, okay. So yoga, uh, you know, 70% is women, 30% is men. So maybe I'll try an ad that is, you know, women interested in yoga um, that also, you know, are business owners because uh, this yeah. is called Yoga Business Essentials. It's basically mm -hmm. how to grow your yoga business. So I'll mm -hmm. dial down as close to, as possible to uh, to figure out what is truly his number one target customer. Mm -hmm. And then once I, once I know that um, – mm -hmm. Then yeah. I'll start to test the headlines on on his main customer. Okay, so uh, this is gold because you're you're. I'm sorry, did I <laughs> interrupted you again? Huh? No, you're good. Yeah, it's, no, you're fine. It's uh, uh, that's perfect because I like I said I just made a Facebook course and so what you're doing is you're you're running the ads and then you're looking at your audience insights to dial down, scope it down, and get get more to the core audience that converts even higher, right? Yeah, exactly. And I usually, so to give even a little more context around, I'll usually start out with like a, uh, an audience set that's like, you know, 500,000 to a million. I, I've gone uh -huh. up as far as 2 million, but uh -huh. higher than 2 million, it's, I think that's a little too high. So I yeah. go as high as like 2 million. Uh -huh. And then from there, you can really get a good idea of like which audience out of that 2 million is mm -hmm. really converting. And then you mm -hmm. dial down and it usually ends up to be, 
uh, your your actual end game like target audience that you keep running the ads to consistently, ah, yeah. um, those end up usually being below hundred a hundred thousand, right? They're usually maybe ah, in the tens yeah. of thousands, um, and and you get it really figured out like which person um, is exactly the person that is most likely to buy this book. That's those are some good metrics. So you the you you go for around two million and dial it down to one hundred thousand. So, yeah, and, and as and as you know, that's like very like averaging, right? Yes, and it really yes, depends. Yes. It depends on the niche. Like yoga, mm-hmm. I'd say that that's pretty accurate because I'd say there's a ton of people that do yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're talking about you know something extremely niche, I feel you know like how to knit a t-shirt or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like <clears throat> something like that. You know, a book written on that, it may sound funny, could actually be. Uh, really successful if it's put in front of the correct audience. This is um, and yeah. So so yeah, and that audience, you know, knitting, I, I think is you know, it's it's not as popular as it used to be probably. Um, but there still are knitters out there, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that audience probably isn't going to be two million people though. You know, it's going to be yeah. less than that. So this is exactly what I'm always talking about to my beginner authors and readers is that you got to validate your book. So a lot of people call that something else and there's direct and indirect validation techniques. But what I I see you're you're doing is um, you're going through these constant iterations to find the audience and also if they like the book, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So is this your – yeah, how – how do you validate your books? Um, do you go through like how how many iterations of Facebook ads do you go through? Sixty? Do you change the oh, ad cover, you. the book so, cover? So th- we're actually talking about a different part of the process now. So right. um, to validate a book, this is actually within like the first step of, right. of my program, um, which is just called First Things First, basically. And um, the first steps, there's a lot that go into it, but I ask questions. Um, along the line of like, you know, what do you most enjoy, right? So let's start with like, what do you like? Because writing a book, this is before the book's even written. Right. We actually validate the book before it's written. Exactly. Um, and there's different ways to validate. So an upgrade, I'd say, from my previous uh, business, Best Selling Book System to Authors Unite, is we used to only validate for profitability. Um, but here's the thing is that even if the book can be profitable, if the author like solely picks – um, to write a book um, on something that is just profitable, but they don't really enjoy the topic, like they're only writing it because they know that it has potential to become profitable. Right. Um, I mean, the success rate for that just isn't as high because writing a book takes time, it takes effort. So to do something that you don't like every single day, like yeah. writing about something you don't enjoy, I mean, it's it, will, it just doesn't make sense to yeah, me those anymore. Are right? those- those escape your desk job and uh, uh, get rich quick, you know, type, yeah, you yeah. know. Exactly. So it's not just profitability that we test. We test like an actual, like we, we gauge, like, is this going to be something you're going to enjoy? So is it fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is part of the process. So it'd be mm-hmm. less, list 10 things that you think you could write about every day that you would enjoy, right? So they mm-hmm. list um, 10 things and then, then they list next to that 10 more things. And it's how mm-hmm. can you create value with each of these 10 things that you enjoy, right? So for me, I'll, I'll run you through the process. Yeah, uh, conference let's go. Coaching. So um, for conference coaching, one of the things like I love talking with people, it's, it, mm-hmm. which is why I have a coaching program and all these other things because I really, really love and excel at um, just speaking in general, like communication skills. So one of my uh, 10 things on the list 
was the, you know, going to conferences and networking. Right? right. So then I was like, how can I provide value with this thing that I enjoy, uh, such as networking? And I was like, okay, I could write a book on how to maximize your um, ROI for going to these networking events, basically a step-by-step guide on how, on what to do before, during, and after networking events. So mm-hmm. that's how I can create value. Right. Um, and then the third part is, is it, can it be profitable? So the, the profitability thing is actually the last question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, it doesn't even matter to them, right? Because I've actually had you know, I've had some women that have come through my program. They're in their 60s. They don't care about making money. They just want to become an author because it's been a dream of theirs for a long time. Right. So we don't even get to the profitability question. But for me, if it passes all three of those tests, then mm-hmm. it's a, then it's a green light. So it's something I enjoy. Um, it can create value for others. And yes, there's other books, you know, how to win friends and influence people. Like there's other networking books that are um, are or have been profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yes, that, that is also a profitable niche. So boom, three yeses and we have a green light. Now we can begin the actual like outline and mind map and, and the structure of writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go through the, the sequence. Then what's, what's your launch sequence or book building sequence? That was number one. That was the very beginning. So that's basically first things first. And like I said, this is, um, we're, we're definitely missing a lot of parts, right? But like for first things first, that is uh, part of it on how we validate to decide if it's a good uh, mm-hmm. book for them to start to pursue, right? So let's say they go through yes, plus the other material that is in first things first. Then okay. the second thing is writing, right? right. Uh, or rather, it's it's the writing section, but the first thing that's first is actually a mind map. Uh-huh. Um, and the mind map, and this is how uh, it, this really relieves a lot of stress for people. Cause what I notice is once they have their book idea, then they're like, okay, holy crap, you know, yeah. where do I start? Oh, I love mind um, maps. What, yeah. What, yeah. Right. So a mind map works amazing. Um, and what you do is just, you have your topic. So, um, for, I think we were talking about this previously for the guy who's writing the book on yoga. So for him, we would just, um, we get a big poster board, right. Or a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, just put yoga. You're like, we didn't have the title yet. We don't do the title to the end. So it, uh-huh. it was just yoga in the middle. Hmm. And then um, we do um, – basically, it's a web, right? So you, you put out webs, and then yeah. um, in each circle that extends from the main point, each circle is a possible chapter topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so he – you know, one is, you know, how to start your first yoga class or something. And then another one's like the best uh, – the top ten – um, yoga poses or, or whatever, whatever he wants to put in his book. Yeah. So he does all those lines that come out and then that's his full mind map. And what I say is don't hold back because a, a big limiting belief that people have is they, they think that they are going to miss something in their book and that stops them because there's like, there's no way that I can get everything I want to say into this book. Um, hmm. And they get kind of, um, I don't know, anxiety kicks in or something. Yeah. Um, so from that, what I say is just get everything out of your mind, right? Get every single possible little thing that you think could be in this book, I right. want to see it on the mind map. And then once it's out of your head and you can look at it, then you can't really, you, you can't miss anything at that point, right? Because it's already on paper. Yeah. So then from there, we go through all these chapter topics and we're like, okay, which ones can be grouped together? Which ones are unnecessary? Which ones can we write 500 to 15 words? Like, can you write 500 to 1500 words mm-hmm. at least for this chapter, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pick, um, you know, it, it depends on each book. It's very customized. But then we would pick the top chapters that they're going to use and right. then write out each chapter, a rough draft for each chapter separately. And mm-hmm. again, keeping in mind that order and organization right now do not matter. Don't <laughs> get caught up on trying to perfect anything. Just get the whole story out of your mind and on paper. That's the biggest yeah. That, that's the first thing you need to do. So you get all of that out. So it's a rough draft and you have every chapter written for the first time, roughly. Right. Um, that's the first draft. Then you can do your rough draft of your intro and conclusion. They'll come at the end. Mm-hmm. And then after you have that, then you organize the chapters actually into an order that you see best fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would add, then you add transitions and such. Then right. after that, you have your full first draft, and then we mm-hmm. do two rounds of self-editing um, uh-huh. and also passing it off to friends, family, and other people in your network. Uh-huh. Uh, we call this like a pre-release list, right? So it's like cool. um, yeah. you know, get a signed copy of my book um, when it launches if, if you're willing to read a pre-order copy or a pre-release copy now and give yeah. uh, constructive feedback, right? And this is yeah. how you – this leads into the marketing. I know we're covering exactly. a lot here, but yeah. this leads into the marketing. And I, one point I really want to hone in on, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you've probably discussed this maybe with, uh, with the people that read your website and stuff, mm-hmm. is that it's not about marketing at people. It's about marketing with them. Right. So you really start this marketing at a point before your book is even finished, yeah. and you can build a Facebook, um, mm-hmm. a Facebook group of – basically test readers and people that want to be a part of the process. Yeah. Beta readers. Right. And these people, then once your book launches, Mm -hmm. all the people that are your beta readers, they're going to help you market it. And, and you say why? And and the answer is because they actually feel like they're a part of the book. Yeah. They, they have literally given you feedback. You've taken their feedback and whether you've implemented it or not, it's definitely crossed your mind and it's definitely impacted the end uh, or the final copy of the book. Um, so you go from there and then you have basically a book launch team at the end that you can use, uh, that were before your, they were your beta readers. Yeah. I love this stuff because, um, uh, we're talking fiction or nonfiction, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can use this for either now for fiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I'd say is I'm definitely more, I've done more nonfiction. We probably at authors unite, I'd say out of the 150 plus fiction have probably only been about 25 to 30 people. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely majority have been nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the fiction, I'd say the only differentiation in the process in the beginning, at least is really getting rid of, is it profitable? Uh-huh. And, and the reason that I say that is because I, I think it's, it's a lot harder for a fiction writer to get profit or gain profit, however you want to word it. Um, in the beginning before mm-hmm. they're known, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it can be a really good story. And if it is really good marketing, that's great. But yeah. it's not, it's not anybody's, um, like it's, it's no immediate pain reliever, which is what nonfiction does. Um, <laughs> nonfiction, you know, you put together a book, you yeah. know that these people have yeah. a pain, you know, for my yeah. instance, these people are spending thousands of dollars on networking events and they're not getting their return on investment. And they think it's because the event isn't good, but in reality, it's because they actually aren't that good at networking. <laughs> so my book yeah. uh, fixes that problem. Right. Um, right. Whereas a fiction book really doesn't fix any problem. It just yeah. is, That's, you know, a pleasure. It, it helps yeah. with pleasure. So I think mm-hmm. you need to build an audience. That's why I, a lot. 
That's why I asked the question because uh, in the interview with Mike Shreve, he doesn't validate at all, not, at least not like that. And he just, you know, gets the profitable niche and nails it. And uh, so, and and that's the modus operandi of a lot of Kindle authors, regardless of fiction or nonfiction. They just think, okay, choose a profitable niche and go for it. But yeah, okay. If you're good at it already, sure, but not in the beginning. You know, you got to get, like you just said, either the reputation or the marketing down first. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so I interrupted you again. So okay, where were we? Let's go through the sequence. You you were at the uh, mind mapping and chapters, and then uh, okay, we started the marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we did. Well, we definitely skipped some things, right? So oh yeah. So that yeah, obviously. So then after you have your um, I, I call it a final rough draft, right? So that would be after two self edits and mm -hmm. having beta readers take it. Then after that, um, and, and by the way, just one thing is when you do the self edit, one of them, you need to read your book out loud. Uh -huh. you, you will be very surprised as to how many silly mistakes you've made and huh. that you that you don't catch when you read it in your mind, but when you read it out loud, you realize that that it just doesn't sound right. Like some things huh. don't sound right. Yeah. Uh, so read it out loud. That's one of the self edits. And then once you're done fully um, self editing it and your beta readers, then you want to hire a professional editor. I, uh, and you, and you know, some of these I, there's, we have editors at authors unite, right? So some of these are, they can be very expensive. Yep. They're also very good. Some are not very expensive, but they're also good. So depending on your budget and how big you want to go with this, which is why, you know, we, we go over your goals, the first thing, right. And we go over your budget. Yeah. Um, then you, no matter what though, you need an editor. I, I highly yeah. uh, believe in this because yeah. I know my first book conference crushing, if it did not have an editor, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was just, it wasn't that well written. <laughs> to be honest. It, it, needed, yeah. it needed editing for sure. What do you um, suggest for paying for an editor for like beginning authors? Um, it really, really depends on your goals and, and on your budget. I, I that's, that's okay. the, really the best advice I could say, but like for, for instance, like my book and, and again, I had a relationship, uh, a girl actually, she, she edited my book. I only ended up paying her $250, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, very, very cheap actually. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. Now yeah. my first book was only 12,000 words. So not that long. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, it's like 69 pages on Kindle. And, oh, okay. um, so 250 bucks for that. Now, normally I'd, I'd say if you wanted to get an editor to edit a book that length, say your budget is not that big. It's just your first book. You're just mm -hmm. testing the waters. Yeah. I'd say only spend about, you know, around $500 for editing. Right. Now, if you're going like all in, say like you're the CEO of a company, this is your big book that you want to use to grow your business. Mm -hmm. Then you can spend upwards to like three to $5,000 on editing. And that I, I would still advise to do. Yeah. Um, if this is going to be like your big book. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your so benchmark. It really depends on, yeah, it really depends on your goals and what you're using it for. And you uh -huh. um, you hook the people up with the editors or you go to Elance or Odesk or what do you do? Um, so I've actually been through enough that we actually have a team of editors now at Authors uh -huh. Unite. So we have about 10 that we consistently use. And if by chance any of them are all busy, which has actually happened in the past, <laughs> um, then they can usually refer to one of their friends or something. Um, but I, I only like to use editors now that we've used in the past and that I know are going to do a really good job because 
with Elance, although they have ratings and things like that, you still never 100% know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now that I've tested the waters enough with so many different editors, I've narrowed it down to like our top 10. And those ones, yeah, I, I, you know, I get them a lot of work. OK, what's what's the next step now? So yeah. then, yeah, so while the editing's going on, you can actually then be um, looking for a designer, right? And again, at Authors Unite, we have a team of designers because I've gone through tons of book covers and stuff yeah. like that. So um, then you would hire to get a book cover. And then, you know, again, if you're going to do only Kindle or print, these are different formats. So you mm -hmm. have to make sure that you verbalize this to whatever designer you use. But then the next step is designing. So you want to design book cover and then interior design as well. Right. Um, I think both are important. Um, and then, you know, after design, then you're kind of taking care of design and editing at the same time, right? You can kind of let those happen at the same time. Then you have your final design, your final copy. Then the next step is publishing. So what um, – I'm sorry. What yeah, yeah. do you consider interior design? Because we know for ebooks, the reader can set his own fonts and font sizes on his device. So um, tell me a little about the interior design. Um, really, it's really the formatting, and it can be designed if you for Kindle if you want, right? So if you want to have your designer do some like extra cool like pictures in there, which. I think is cool, but you got to make sure you don't do too many because if you mm -hmm. make the Kindle file size too large, yep. then it can kind of mess with your pricing barriers that you have. Yeah, I've heard there's um, a penalty. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't heard of the, the penalty. I just know that, for instance, one launch that we were doing um, that I was doing with a woman, she had uh, added pictures in there and I didn't know about it. Oh. So we were going to do a launch for 99 cents mm -hmm. and we found out later then they wouldn't allow her to change her price below $1.99 due yeah. to her file size being too large. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so we, you know, I mean, we had a whole Facebook group of hundreds of people, um, everything set up and everybody <laughs> thought it was coming at 99 cents. And then we actually had to launch it at a dollar 99 and luckily it didn't actually mess things up too bad, but it, it definitely <laughs> affected it. Um, yep. and so that's something that you got to be aware of yeah. for sure. Yeah. I have that linked in my, in my book template. You know, I, I, I'm the how to guy. I make the tools. I'm way, what do you call it? Upstream of you, of you, you know, I let, I let yeah. the big guns like you take care of the marketing, but I, I make all of these templates and, and stuff. And I have a link in all of my templates to the, uh, the download penalty in Amazon if you so you yeah what you have to do is you have to resize your picks all the way down to 600 by 800 pixels or at the most 1024 by 768 uh, uh, if you're doing a lot of picks you can you can get away with it otherwise you have to be really careful because there is a download penalty and that sounds what what she hit with that yeah yeah for sure so yeah where were we what, what <laughs> what's yeah. next no, yeah. So, so basically, then, um, so then, you know, after the editing and design, then the next part is self-publishing, mm -hmm. and that would be basically in in my program. I just run you through exactly how to set up your book on Kindle. If you want to do a print copy, I run you through how to set it up on print. If you want to do an audio copy, I run you through how to set it up on ACX. Wow, there's um, a lot behind all of for, that. Yeah, for for all, yeah, there's a lot for all three. And again, you know, I find this out very in the beginning, which is why every person that yeah. comes through Authors Unite, yes, we do have our formulas, our templates, and things like that. But at the same time, 
every person has different goals and every person's coming in from a different point. So it's very customizable. So the the next part is really just publishing whatever you'd want to be published, whether that's Kindle, print, audio, or all three. Um, so I teach you how to do that. And then the next part's the marketing. And then the yep. last part is the how to maintain and grow everything. So how do you ace the launch? What's the most important part? Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 no, no, it's okay. So there's a ton that goes into it, but what I'll say is it's just like any other bestseller list. So, so let's say one of your goals is to hit bestseller on Amazon. Mm -hmm. if, if that is, let's say actually that's your only goal. Like you don't care about anything else. If, if that's your only goal is to hit bestseller on Amazon, basically Amazon's algorithms. And actually I think they recently just changed. Yep. Um, and I have to, uh, hundred percent validate this, but, um, from what I've heard and from what I've seen now from doing some recent launches, it used to be the algorithm was just like within one hour. If you got the most downloads in that category with within one hour of time, like every hour they recalculated the downloads. Yep. So if you got the most within one hour, they then you'd shoot up to number one. So there you go. It's that simple. Um, but now it seems to be um, it is that, but it's on top of that. It seems to be an average of sales for how long you've been in the bookstore mm -hmm. um, as well. And um, how I started to realize that is that I launched a book recently and it did end up hitting number one, but it took a lot more than I had anticipated, right? Because yeah. I, I check out the ranks in each of the um, categories and then I you know, purposely place the book into a category that I know we can hit number one and then I place it into a different category that is really, really competitive where I think we can get a lot of eyeballs and traffic to. Right, right. Um, and what I found is that this book, we were actually relaunching it. It had been on the Amazon store for two years. Wow. And um, what I should have done is taken it off and then put it back on again, right? And mm -hmm. then it would have been new. But instead, I didn't know that they changed their algorithm. So what I did is launch it as it was. Huh. Um, you know, it was just a relaunch and I did all the marketing stuff that I would normally do. And it ended up working, but we did discover that it took way more downloads to hit number one in that huh. simple category. And we think that was because it was also taking into consideration um, or calculating yeah. that this book had been there for two years. And hey, for two years, it was only selling like one copy every month. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it suddenly sells, you know, like a thousand so, copies in a day. So, so what was how do you relaunch a book? How how would you do that now? knowing this? Uh, I mean, basically, and, and again, I'd have to test this because I don't know if it would go against Amazon's terms. Yep. But what I would want to do if, if, if we could is just completely delete it, like really just take mm -hmm. it down mm -hmm. and relaunch, it, especially if the person really hadn't gotten much traction. Well, right? if you change so, the title, it should or something in the title, it should work, right? Um, I think so. Well, and, and you also, you can, you know, if I can get into their Kindle direct publishing account, um, you can just delete the whole thing. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So I would just delete the whole thing and then wait a week and then I would just re upload it again and then mm -hmm. it would be brand new, you know? Hmm. Interesting indeed. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, let's get back into that. Uh, how do you choose the niche, the right niche or the profitable niche? So let's say for a lot of nonfiction books that come through, 
I'll put them in – so there's like – I call them parent categories and then child categories. Right, right. So there's like the big categories and then the um, smaller ones that are underneath them, right? Of and course. And you can, you can put your book into two categories when you, when you sign up. Right. Um, so usually with nonfiction, um, what I'll end up doing is put, put them in – and again, this depends on the topic. But it, what usually ends up happening is I'll put it in one business um, category and then one self-help category. At the and, same level or child level or um so well it'll be those are the top ones but then I put them in smaller child ones within them mm -hmm. um so let's say it starts out with business yeah um, so you go into business and then a child category of business is job hunting and careers okay. um that's that's it. so you can put it in that one that one's not that competitive if I remember correctly mm -hmm. um so you put it in that one and then you can go to like self help. And, you know, this is actually from one of my previous clients. Uh, it was a book. It, ha it was about spirituality. So then you go to self-help spirituality, and that one was very competitive. That had things like The Alchemist and things like yeah. that in it. Yeah. Um, so that one was really competitive. So basically I put it in both. And the reason why, too, you'd want to re-upload the book is if your book gets um, like number one or a, a certain amount of downloads within the first 30 days – it can hit the hot new releases as right. well. Right. Um, so then, you know, your book's number one, you know, what happened with this girl that I helped her launch, her book hit number one in both categories. So it was above The Alchemist, The 4-Hour Workweek. Like, awesome. It was above these like huge yeah, cool. uh, books. And then it also hit hot new releases as well. Mm -hmm. And that helped with a lot of organic traffic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and that's what all of the authors are always talking about. Once you reach that threshold, then Amazon does the rest, you know. And uh, so somewhat for for the launch, then it yeah they'll do the rest, but then you know a week later they're not still exactly you know, exactly maybe for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's um, most beginning authors or well we get lazy and and they think okay all I have to do is put a book in there and Amazon does the rest yeah well this is a pretty big rest right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so um okay so what was the rundown of that you you uh you validate the book idea and if it works for the person uh yeah so, yeah, so first things first that's like validating the idea making sure that we have a full plan mm -hmm. um, that is all the way from, you know, we, we discover what you're going to write about. So once that's discovered, then we build a customized plan for you mm -hmm. um, that will take you through the whole process. So then after that, then you begin the mind mapping and the writing. Um, mm -hmm. Then it's the editing, then designing, then the self-publishing, then the marketing, and then the maintaining of the marketing and how to grow it um, into whatever you'd like. Those are the seven steps right there. Okay, cool. So, what was your biggest win or challenge? Um, biggest win or challenge, huh? So, huh, that's a good question. <laughs> we've had, um, I, I'd say, you know, I'd say luckily with this, we've had a lot more wins than challenges. And, and the reason really is because when when I first did my first like three books and they did well, before I started to charge people for anything, I actually helped a lot of my friends do it, you know, like a dozen or so. Yeah. Um, and then so we really validated everything before we before we like started the actual business. So right, right. because of that, um, we didn't really have 
Um, I mean, obviously there's challenges, but for instance, right now, one of my even challenges right now is scaling the business. Um, so that's why we're working on software products and we're working on evergreen product right now because Mm -hmm. we, my coaching, um, basically my coaching funnel gets, uh, is very high converting. Me and you were talking about this before we actually got on the call. Um, it works really well. I run Facebook ads to it and then people put in an application Then I hop on a call with them. And then if it's a good fit, um, you know, I'll usually be able to close a lot of these people as clients, right? Because we add that value. They always get their ROI when they work with us. So mm-hmm. it's not too hard to close people when it comes to that. So, but here's the thing is that they do take a lot of my time. So yeah. we're actually at a point right now where I, you know, I can't even really take much more coaching clients at this very moment because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're swamped. Yeah. We actually have three yeah. book launches going on right now. Uh, one's coming out the 17th and two are coming out on December 1st. And, you know, these are very high level coaching clients of mine that I've put a lot of time and energy into. So I'd say the biggest challenge right now is just getting all of the evergreen and software products set up so that this can be more streamlined. Mm -hmm. Um, but overall it's definitely been a lot more like rewards. And really what that is, is just seeing people's lives actually change directly after working with us. And that's because they hit number one uh, or whatever goals they had. And then they took their book and then they used it to grow a business or to become a public speaker or to write a series of books to create more passive income, whatever their goal may be. We've Mm -hmm. uh, been able to get them to a point where uh, it's, it's very easy for them to see what the next steps Mm -hmm. are to make sure that they continuously succeed. That's awesome. So, so what do you do when you're unmotivated or down? Uh, I go running. Yeah, that's simple. (laughs) Yeah, I I keep it. What I try to do is, and I feel very lucky for this in a sense that I I dove into personal development before I had any business success. Uh So I was very, and, and you know, this is an everyday practice. It's not to say like, Oh, you know, I, I have everything figured out when it comes to personal development. I think it's an everyday thing. Um, but I, I have become very self-aware and I'm, I'm a pretty like spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Um, so because of that, I just know what works for me. And if I'm ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed by work, I, I know what I need to do and what I need to do is go work out whether it's mm-hmm. running or lifting and I do actually run every day between six to ten miles every morning. Nice, um, nice. So I'm kind of uh, – I'm a big runner. So, so I do that. your moods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you yeah. go. Great. That's the best way to put it because I really believe even if you're really sick and you know, obviously you can get really, really sick and then maybe it's diff- it's a lot more difficult, right? But if you're feeling like a cold or just down or unmotivated yeah. – I know for me, I just have to eat healthy and I have to go running. And after yeah. I do that, I feel much better. So it's just a really simple fix. Was that Augmentino or was that you that had this quote, um, a great man masters his mood and doesn't let his moods master him or something like that? Does that ring a bell? Um, I've heard definitely something like it. I don't think it was my quote, but I've heard something like it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So – I have, I have some more quotes from you. As a writer, trust the process. Um, yeah. Don't perfect the process. Complete the process. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, so that, that really has to do um, a lot with the whole process but mostly with the writing because, again, like I said, we have people come into our program. Some of them 
have a book already and they just want help with the marketing, right? So they've already figured out the writing part. Um, they just need help with the marketing. Then we have other people that come in and have no idea how to even begin to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean by that, and this, I think this actually goes with anything in life and actually I'll give a really simple example. Mm-hmm. So with running, when I first started to run, I set myself, I, I was going around this track that's six miles long. It's around this lake near the house that I live in. Um, and I would run around it and, but what I would do is I would run and walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like my goal wasn't to run the whole thing. My goal was just to complete it, just to finish it. Now I can run the whole thing, but when I first started, I was probably walking three quarters of it, right? Because, and that's what I mean. So with writing too, how this relates back is that don't try to perfect and keep going back and forth when you're writing your first draft. What I want you to do is just finish it. Just Mm -hmm. get one draft, a hundred percent done. It's not going to be perfect. It never is. Um, Just get it a hundred percent done and then start over and edit and then start over and edit a second time and Mm -hmm. then give it to an editor. Right. But you need to complete the process to learn from it. And that's the only way. So for your first book, unless you want to like hire somebody like me, Mm -hmm. um, just don't, don't get too crazy about making it perfect. Just launch it, learn from it and then start over, do another book. You know what I mean? And that's the only way you're going to get better. And a lot of people get Uh, messed up or they stop when they are at a point they don't know what to do next Mm -hmm. and they're like oh okay I can't do anything now because I I don't know what to do next and Mm -hmm. then they stop and then they Mm -hmm. never learn so my biggest thing is just make sure to complete the process and don't try to perfect it just complete Mm -hmm. it learn from it and then keep doing it again over and over so that sounds (laughs) kind of answers my other question what is the one thing you wish you knew back then when you got started um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that failure only comes from not doing hmm. right. So for me, when I, I, cause I, I actually went through like, you know, somewhat of a lot because I was in school and I actually ended up dropping out of school to pursue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I actually liked, but, um, where I'm from in, in the United States, you know, if you drop out of school, a lot of people, at least in the area that I grew up in, will mm-hmm. look at you like you're kind yeah. of nuts. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So they're, or they're thinking or that means like you, you can't be successful because you don't have a diploma or something. Yeah. Um, right. So like but I needed to trust what was it like in my heart, like what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that I did mm-hmm. that. Right. So that, yeah. that's what I'd say. Do you. um? OK. So besides the running, do you have a morning routine? Yeah, so my morning routine has changed as I've, you know, grown my business and everything, right? It always it always kind of changes, but before mm-hmm. when I was only focused on the book, um, you know, recent dropout and I was like I need to get this book done. This is going to be my kickboard, right? Yeah. So, I basically wrote every day for 1 hour and I did it in the morning. Um mm-hmm. a lot of people try to do it at night and, you know, every things work different for different people. Um, but at night I realized that when I was trying to do it at nighttime, I'd always put it off. Hmm. I would just put yeah. it off cause I'd yeah. be tired by that time. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the same thing with working out. So before it used to be an hour every morning I would write and then, then I journal like affirmations, gratitude and, and do things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and now it's just, I made it a lot simpler just because I have a business. It's, it's well-established. 
um, and it's growing and, and things are things are going well. So for me now, I, I, I know what I need to do business wise and I'm very grateful for everything. Not to say that you should ever stop um, yeah. practicing gratitude. It's just for me right yeah. now, it's not my number one priority. So mm-hmm. what I do is I, I literally just wake up, I run. That is the first thing before I do any work or anything I run. I come back, eat breakfast, and then I ha- I plan out the night before what my day is going to look like. Uh-huh. So then as soon as I'm done my breakfast, usually I'll – I actually don't start work usually until mm-hmm. hmm, I'd say probably about 11 a.m. probably. Right. When, what time do you get up? Uh, I usually actually get up about 7. Usually okay. I get up at 7. I have – um, yeah, I guess before I work out, the first thing I actually have is a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. but with the coffee, I put coconut oil in it. Oh. Um, and coconut oil has a lot of health benefits. Um, uh-huh. it's, is Does that taste good? I love it. Yeah. I really, it, oh, black coffee that. with coconut oil. In it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very, hey, it sounds black. exotic. I'm going to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Um, well, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and then, uh, it, uh, you said you write in the morning, so do you get writer's block anytime? Um, I wouldn't say I do much anymore because how I I don't really even believe in writer's block fully yeah. because um, what it is is I I now know the environment I need to be in to effectively write, mm-hmm. and what that environment looks like is my door locked. I have a window where I can see. So I actually, right now, I'm in Philadelphia as we're doing this. Um, right. I'm visiting some family, but I actually live in San Diego, right near the beach. Ah, yes. Um, Navy so, Seals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I li- I live there. So I'll make sure that wherever I'm writing is just in a place that is very like positive, and there's no distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually at about, you know, every, we all have that feeling when we look at that blank screen, right? Like it, right. it sucks. Like nobody likes looking at a blank screen. Yeah. Um, so you look at it, my first five to 10 minutes probably are not that fluent. Like my writing isn't the best and I'm just kind of getting into the zone. But then after about 10 minutes go by, um, then I really hit writer's flow. And as long as no distractions come, mm-hmm. I can keep going for about an hour pretty fluently. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm doing science fiction now for the first time, and uh, I don't know if it's because I've been doing nonfiction for so long or because uh, just f- science fiction is cool, but uh, it's just so fun hitting that flow in that book. You know, I, I've been – Yeah, yeah. Um, so are you uh, a Mac Air and Scrivener writer? Um, I use – I just have a MacBook Pro, and I, I actually just use Word. Um, ah, but yeah, I, do, okay. I do have Scrivener and I, I, I used it for a little bit uh-huh. and I know, I, again, I think it's just because I, what I need to really do, what I think I should do next is take like a month off. <laughs> um, and I, I may actually do it once I close up these last coaching clients that I have right now, uh-huh. um, is take a month off and then really just focus on building more structure, uh-huh. um, into the business because Scrivener, again, like I, I used it for a while. I see the benefits, but I haven't had the time to really, really check mm-hmm. out everything that it has to offer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really sticking to word right now just cause I don't have time to learn Scrivener. You see, this is exactly why I asked the, the question because I've got the free copy of Scrivener too. And I use Chromebooks and, and everything possible. And I couldn't imagine making my writing dependent on one tool. And if I have mm. to learn a tool that takes that long to learn it, then I'd rather be writing, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've heard of the awesome benefits of Scrivener, but you got to set it up right. So, you know what? I, I use Google Docs anywhere I am, you know, and uh, so yeah. I'm at the same point with as you with, with Scrivener. Okay, heard it's great, but um, I, I couldn't imagine making my writing dependent on one single tool. No, no. So what's up next for you, structuring the business and what else? Yeah, I guess just more – uh, and, and, you know, this is all in the works right now, just more automation because the business, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the revenue really comes from my coaching, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have, you know, my coaching range is, you know, it's, it's definitely like a high ticket price, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so this works out really well, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you can only take on so many coaching clients. So we're just opening up more mm-hmm. revenue streams and, um, really helping, just trying to be able to help as many people as we can, even if they don't have the budget to hire me as a coach, basically. Yeah, okay, but you get what you pay for, right? So you said high-ticket yeah. price, but you get launched to the top of any category. Yeah, yeah, right. And what I mean, yeah, not to say that it's too high, but I mean, I just mean by like coaching standard, it's it's definitely very um, – it's, it's at that price point that a lot yeah. of people – and that's why I use Facebook ads, right? Like when I do Facebook ads, part of my targeting – is to people that make 150,000 a year or more. Um, just mm-hmm. because I know chances are if they make less than that, they probably can't afford my coaching. Yeah, paying um, clients. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, but you know, you can open up your market a lot more if you offer a $300 information product as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Tier price tiers. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like the latter. So we're jumping around a little bit, but I have to ask you, what do you think about? Email drops like BookBub, BucksBooks, stuff like that. Um, so I don't uh, – BookBub, I've heard good things. I don't have as much experience with it. Um, and I always actually mess up the word. Is it BuckBooks or BooksBucks? BucksBooks. Bucks, I think Bucks, it's yeah. BucksBooks. So I actually use them for every promotion. Um, ah. And I've seen really, really good results with them usually – the, their promotions now cost like 32 bucks, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, went to them uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were closed. They said, we're not taking anybody on. Oh, did, really? Did you see that? Well, their website was – they said right now we're, we're not – we were due to volume or whatever. We were we, we are frozen or whatever, frozen fro- or just not taking any new requests, you know. Huh, uh, interesting. Too many people like you are putting around the good word, and they're being overflowed with, with requests, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I um I, I didn't know that. Uh, so well, I I'm actually using them for a launch in six days. Oh. Um, I've already paid, so I hope their website unfreezes. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you, you have you heard of Lisa Cartwright? Yeah, well, she was actually one of my clients. Actually. Exactly, and she put a big, really big, nice guest post on what is his name, Diggle Ogilvy's. Um, anyways, um, and she. Uh, put Buck's books in there, and this was I don't know was it three weeks ago or six weeks ago, and I read that and then I went to Buck's books and yeah frozen up man probably too much traffic from Lisa's post. Oh yeah 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 no Lisa um, she yeah she was one of my clients about a year and a half ago so it's it's I'm glad to see her and Steve I think Steve's her partner Steve Windsor. Okay. Um, yeah, they were both clients um, of mine about a year and a half ago. Yeah. See, that's uh, perfect advertising, isn't it? I mean, what better? Because yeah. uh, she's got these benchmark articles in, on her website and the guest post on – I think his name's David Ogilvy. I'm not sure. Um, 
And um, I mean, they're the kind of posts that a guy like me would take and then make a product out of. That's how good they are. You know, a matter of fact, I, oh, wow. I think I will do that. I think I'm going to have to call her up or something. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's how good the posts are. And yeah, uh, she outlines your process, I think, uh, really good. So, um, man, what is that website? Um, oh, Sean Ogle, uh, something 180. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. So, um, so my favorite question is if you could eat dinner with anyone, Past, present, or future, living or not, who would it be? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, I'd have to say, okay, right now, if I were to eat dinner with anyone, I, you may—I don't know if you'd know this guy. His name is Alan Watts. Hmm. Have you ever heard of him? W a t t s. Yeah, yeah, W a t t s. No. First name's Alan. A l a n. Nope. He um he's like a big he, he died in the seventies, but he's a big like self help guru guru and okay. he teaches a lot about meditation and philosophy. Uh, uh-huh. And I've just learned um so much about this guy and about his teachings and I've I've read so many of his books and it's like one of my mentors he, he always said this is like you learn from as many people as you can and then find the people that um, you believe are helping you the most, um, and then you know narrow it down. So for me, it's Alan Watts, uh, Seth Godin. Oh yeah, um, those it, yeah. those are my top two writers that I really mm-hmm. uh, follow, and Tim Ferriss. He he would be the third. Um, so yeah. those three that I really really follow, and that you know I don't like steal their stuff at all, but I mirror. No, I, I like I learned how to write. By yeah. like reading a lot of their writing, and I was like, okay, yeah. I really enjoy reading this type of writing. Mm-hmm. I think that I can write similar to this. So I learned a lot from those three guys. I think Seth Godin coined the term um, permission marketing. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Seth Godin, um, you know, because he's he'd probably be right next to Alan Watts for the top two people. Mm-hmm. And Alan I actually got Watts. to meet Tim Ferriss at a conference about a year and a half ago. Oh yeah, he's from San Jose. I'm, uh, my dad lives there, so I'm I'm trying to meet Tim Ferriss too. But um, I'll probably have nice. <laughs> um, you said you meditate. Yes, I meditate. Uh, excuse me, I meditate. Um, I used to do it daily. Uh huh. Now I do it whenever I need to do it. What method do that, you use? Um, so Alan Watts is actually if you were to type in, um, I use a guided meditation. So it's called oh, Alan yeah. Watts guided meditation. It's 15 minutes. Um, if you go to YouTube and just type that in, oh, cool. um, then you can find it. And for anybody who's just starting out, I highly recommend starting with this video because uh-huh. having somebody guide you through it at first uh, has yeah. really helped me a ton because doing it in complete silence is a lot more difficult, uh-huh. um, at least at first. So I, I do a mixture of both now because I've been really able to train my mind and like it's almost it's not turning your mind off, it's just letting your mind be free. Mm-hmm. And why a lot of people have trouble with meditating is they try to control their thoughts. And yeah. if you're trying to control things in your mind, then there's no possible way to meditate uh, effectively because uh meditating is really a process of letting go mm-hmm. um of control. So a lot of people are like um yeah. It's just a very debatable topic cuz a lot of people will say you know, to meditate, you have to think about nothing. 
but then people try to think about nothing. Yeah. So they're thinking <laughs> about thinking about nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. That makes it very confusing. So when you have a guided meditation at first, it is very, it's a lot easier because then you yeah. can just listen to the guided meditation and then just keep doing it every day. And eventually after a couple months, um, you know, you, you yeah. should be a lot better at it. Yeah, I dig that stuff. I'm, uh, thanks for the tip. Um, I've tried that before and it's really fun. And, uh, but then what I did was I, uh, I started Tai Chi moving meditation. Oh, and, wow. That's yeah. Cool. It has replaced my meditation. So, uh, but I, I really still dig that guided stuff. Guided imagery is another one. And so I'm going to check that out. Alan, Alan Watts. Yeah. yeah you'll so, like you, it. so you meditate every morning or noon or night or what? Um, I used to do it every morning, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, now I actually – I'd say I almost still do it daily. I'll do it like in the middle of my day. So if I start working at like 11, usually I'll meditate around 2 or 3 p.m., just like a midday break from work. Um, and then you know, from there, maybe at night before I go to bed, I'll actually meditate because sometimes it will put me right to sleep. If I uh, am kind of – I'll like lay down, listen to the – Alan Watts tape, it'll put me in a meditative state and then I'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh, that was good. (laughs) So you've mentioned Seth Godin and Alan Watts and Tim Ferriss, but who is your favorite author? Um, Favorite author? Huh. I'd say, wow, I mean, it's probably probably them, right? They're all three authors. Um, So it would be... My okay, so the book that changed my life the most business wise was Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. Like when, <laughs> I, when I yeah yeah when I first read that book, mm-hmm. um, that's what prompted me to drop out of school, mm-hmm. and that's what really made me realize like, you know, what am I doing? Like why why am I in school learning stuff that I don't really care about? You know, like yeah. so that book really had a big impact on me. That's cool. We have a commonality there because uh, Tim Ferriss. In, through his blog and book, I found about Noah Kagan, and Noah Kagan's business course is the one that finally made me profitable. Okay, I'm not, you know, a millionaire yet or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I'm on the path and it feels good, you know. For sure. And uh, so, um, I, I uh, really like this question: What is the future of eBooks? Um, I'd say the future of eBooks, anybody in the self-publishing space, I think is in a very good place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I'd say that is because I think the future is that it's going to become almost a requirement in the next five, you know, maybe 10 years. It could take a little bit longer, but I think mm-hmm. it'll become almost a requirement to actually publish a book. Mm-hmm. Um, just as it is like, you know, you need a diploma to get a corporate dro- job, right? Yeah, so I think the, the next thing is going to be like, because yeah. publishing a book is actually so it's not easy to write the book, but it's right. easy to publish a book now. So there's nothing stopping anybody from writing a book besides themselves, um, or publishing a book. Right. So I think that is so. basically in business, if your competitor is an author and you aren't, yeah. Um, chances are your competitors probably doing a little bit better than you. So, so the question's going to be, yeah. what? You don't have a book? Yeah, that I think it'll be like that soon. Whereas right now it's still like, oh my gosh, you're an author. Like that's amazing. That's crazy, right? But soon, five to ten years from now, it'll be like, dude, you've never written a book. Like everybody exactly. has. It. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's still good. But then after that happens, then um, you know, after that, I'm not sure what's going to happen once. 
it becomes that everybody writes a book, then it will take away from how special it, 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 it is in a sense. Um, so yeah, I don't know. After about 10 years, I'm not quite sure of the future of self-publishing. I'd say five, you know, you you think five, Uh, yeah, but you know, I just started in 2014 seriously in 2015. So, but I, I would say five. Okay. Let's, we, we could, we could, uh, you know, write that down and see if we're right, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean the way things progress, I think you're right. Um, it could be five, but what I'd say is, I think that there's still – there's only like over a billion people on the internet, right? Uh-huh. Um, and there's like 8 billion in the world. So I think that you know, within five years, maybe half of the world will be on the internet. Maybe it will be all the people. I'm not sure. Um, but I think that needs to happen before and then self-publish. You know what I mean? So maybe yeah, like um, it will be – in five years, I think you could be correct that maybe it will mm-hmm. be that way in the United States – yeah. Australia and parts of Europe, maybe mm-hmm. like those, but then like you know Africa and other countries that. That's what you know, I was just gonna say. Yeah, Africa, yeah. And India's already they already opened, well yep. opened. And Africa is the next one. Um, that's the hottest tip of all. They, you know, um, M-Pesa and their payment system with handies, uh, uh, cell phones. We call them handies in Germany. Uh, that's yeah. the, the hot um, stock tip, actually, is the handies. Uh, cell phones are exploding. The market is exploding in Africa, and those guys are all going online now. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. yeah so, yeah, you said it, Africa, man. That's um, the next market, I think. So that's why I said five years because uh, I've been reading about that, and uh, and um, I'm getting uh, you know more Indians or people from India on my list and okay. more, more questions and uh really active community it's really great and uh and uh yeah so those are uh what do you call it burgeoning markets and uh yeah yeah for sure so i'm i'm thinking about astrology books now because india uh, astrology is still really big you know yeah no i mean i think it's really limitless like mm-hmm. and ultimately as long as the book is written well and mm-hmm. marketed well if it's if both of those Sure, there's profitable niches, but yeah. every there's there's somebody out there for everybody, right? Yeah. And if you can craft a book that is well written and then put mm-hmm. a message around that book that's going mm-hmm. to um, impact people and get their emotions going, mm-hmm. um, then it's going to become very spreadable. And that that's like Seth Godin, like Purple Cow, you know? Ah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. is it is it remarkable? Um, mm-hmm. And if you write a book that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're going to be in a good place. So you said marketing again, and that was going to be my next question. Tell us some of your best kept marketing secrets. So that was uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, there's just it really depends on your goals, right? So there's a lot, but I'd say Facebook ads. Like if you can learn those, you're going to be in a good place. Like right now, those are really hot. Like I'm getting 20 yep. cents a click. Yep. Um, on those, and really, I think the next one would be is thinking about the long term. So there's so mm-hmm. many platforms right now online that you can build and grow your audience on. Yeah, and you need to be consistent. Like consistency is key. So um, another one would be a book series. So on Amazon, you know how they can do like customers who bought this also bought that. So right, if, right. if you have a book series, then you can actually have it. So basically every time somebody hits your book page, it'll auto populate with all of your other books. Oh. Um, and then you can get, um, you know, a lot more, it's like a chain reaction, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a book series, they'll buy your first book and then yes, they'll yes. continue to buy, you know, all your books that are in the series. Yeah. Um, having like using it to grow your business. So you can actually have an opt in within the first couple pages of your book. Okay. Use it as a lead generation tool. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say those are kind of like the top ones, but it's really like about how to how to create a system is the biggest thing. So how do you create a traffic system that is converting mm-hmm. to not only book sales, but also to business growth? And if you can master that, mm-hmm. then you just basically press go yeah. and it's automated for you, you know? I can tell everybody who's listening to um, go to YouTube and I, I've seen a lot of your videos and uh, – yeah. And uh, you you talk about some of that. Um, what was the last one? Was it on your Facebook page where you did um, seven minutes to better? Oh, say- yeah, yeah, I did. So it's how to sell more books in less than seven minutes. Yeah, and excellent just- video. You went through everything in seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. It was six minutes and fifty-seven seconds. Yeah, I did it in. Uh, uh, it was basically thirty-seven um, ways um, or ways that you can sell more books, things that you can do. And I just went through all 37 in under seven minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, a pretty so, fun video to make. So everybody out there, go go to YouTube, and it's a great video. It's worth every seven minutes. Um, <laughs> what 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 do they have to type in YouTube to find it? Um, I, I think it's actually just called how to sell. Yeah, how to sell more books in less than seven minutes, and then yeah. it should come up. Yeah. So uh, you brought up something else that I forgot to ask. Do you do KDP Select or do you go Smashwords and all the other platforms? As of right now, I only use Amazon, so I ah. use only KDP Select. I from um, I, I've actually never personally even tried Smashwords, but from other people, I've just heard like results outside mm-hmm. of Amazon have never like they're just not as good. Like I think I think the stats like eighty percent of books bought are on Amazon. It could be yeah. even higher than that. Um, but yeah, I just try to, especially for people that are first time authors, I just try to keep it really simple for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that most of their results are going to come from Amazon. Oh yeah, and, for sure. So I don't even waste my time with the other ones. Um, but who knows? I could be missing out. <laughs> well, that's, you know, uh, because you, you mentioned previously Amazon changed their algorithms. And, uh, so a lot of authors are pissed off and, uh, going, going wide. You know, and uh, yeah. there was a recent article by Dave Chesson and Kindlepreneur, and uh, so he, but he's established. He's got a really good flow going there, and and uh, so he put some of his books on on the platforms, and uh, it's a big chunk of change, and uh, made eight hundred bucks. You know, and he said, "Man, you're leaving your money on the table if you don't go wide." You know, uh, you know, different huh. different systems, of course. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And you can always you can always switch back. You can go. KDP Select for three months and then try another platform or then if you don't like it, go back, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's – I think everything is definitely worth trying, right? Yeah. So I just know for how many different moving parts there are with mm-hmm. somebody who's a first-time author, mm-hmm. I just want to get them successful on one platform, right? right I just want right, to get right. their success to happen on Amazon and then afterward, if they want to continue down the process – um, if they enjoy self-publishing, then, you know, expand from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to start out, I just know, I, I feel like that would complicate the process for a lot of people. Yeah. So I just, I like to keep it simple and I just want people to see the results. And then from there they can choose to grow it or, or not. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, well, thanks a lot, Tyler. Um, we've been talking for an over an hour now. And what about Authors Unite? 
yeah. So, I mean, basically Authors Unite, I, I created it and it's uh, a community of just, it's a, it's a really amazing community. We have almost 500 people in the Facebook group now and there's, uh, there's got to be over a hundred business owners. There's public speakers, coaches, and marketers. It's, there's, it's really an awesome community to be in. And the reason that I created is because I noticed one thing that I feel like was missing um, from my previous business and from a lot of other ones that I noticed is that there was no accountability. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, or there wasn't as much support as a lot of people need when they're writing their first book and marketing their first book. So the overall goal of Authors Unite, like our, our tagline is actually actually authors supporting authors. Yeah. And it's really just a community for people to learn from each other and help each other through the process. And then mm-hmm. obviously it is also a business where if people want some extra help or one-on-one time that I offer mm-hmm. products and, and coaching as well. That's awesome. So so can we just go to the group or we sign up at your site and then you send us a link or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Basically, to check everything out that we offer at the moment, you can go to authorsunite.com. If you are interested um, in you know, a one-on-one thing and you want to apply to the program, you can go to authorsunite.com backslash coaching. And that's where you'll see basically the coaching um, things that, that we offer at Authors Unite. Yeah, that in, and uh, I think your what your poster child is Lisa Cartwright there, huh? Uh, because... Yeah, yeah. Well, she's yeah. After within a year after she came through our program, she wrote like fifteen books. Yeah, she's um, burning but... up the blogosphere. You know, you've been <laughs> Nick, Nick Loper and then uh, Sean Ogle and all. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's much more than a side hustle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, Tyler, thanks so much for talking to us. And uh, I've uh, I've been to Authors Unite. I've been to your Facebook page. I've I've uh, I've seen all this stuff. And uh, you can launch anybody to uh, to the top of any category. That's that's freaking magic. And uh, mm-hmm. so everybody out there, go to AuthorsUnite.com and get on his list and check out his Facebook page and, and give. Tyler, your likes and love. And Tyler, what else do you want to say? No, that's that's really it. I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. And for anybody out there who's thinking about writing a book or um, has any motivation to do it, I highly recommend doing it. And and now is definitely the time to take action on it because just like me and Eric were saying, in you know five to ten years, it's going to become something that a lot more people are doing. So if you can get ahead of the game now and do it, um, you know, you'll just you'll be very ahead of the game. So I highly recommend taking action on it. Thanks, Tyler, so much. I look forward to, to talking to you uh, again or working with you. And uh, this is just great stuff. Thanks again. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. OK. Did that answer your question? Let me know what you were struggling with. Go to zbooks.co. And at the bottom of this podcast, there is a link. Click on it. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.